The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the world's strongest man, a world champion and not one, not two, but three different sports, my tag team partner on the podcast, Mark Henry and I, break down AEW Dynamite from Wednesday and our world heavyweight champion, Hangman Page, an aggressive Hangman Page. We talk about it right here on the Busted Open podcast. Also, we have a very special interview with real one, Enzo, right now on the Busted Open podcast. Let's get into what we saw on Wednesday night with Hangman Page, Mark, because I am fascinated by what I heard from Hangman Page. Seriously, Hangman Page, Mark, um, listen, for what, two years now, AEW's been building and building him up. A lot of people wanted to see him beat Chris Jericho at that first AEW pay-per-view, wanted him to be the first ever AEW champion. It didn't happen. Right decision. Because what they did is they built him until the point where everybody popped as hard as they could when he became your world champion. And now here it is, just a short time later, and he's in a match at Double or Nothing against CM Punk. And, you know, the heart of a champion, the fight of the champion. But that crowd in Baltimore wasn't having any of it. They are firmly behind CM Punk. Mark, did the words from Hangman Page on Wednesday night surprise you? They did surprise me, but I understood what happened because prior to that, last week, CM Punk came out full of piss and vinegar, walked around the ring, addressed fans individually to get them to take his side. Yeah. He got in the ring and he cut a promo that was not very CM Punk-like. So I feel like Paige came out there and was like, oh, yeah? So you're going to do that. Then I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell you about yourself. And I want to let you know that this is not going to just be wrestling. 
Like you've overstepped the line. I want to fight you and I'm going to beat you. And your fan base is going to look at you different after the match. That's what basically in layman's terms, what he said. I'm going to beat you and make your fans look at you different. Yeah, I mean, he just said that you're going to want a refund or you're going to burn the shirts that they bought in support of you. But those fans were chanting CM Punk's name. They were. So, Mark. And it made him angry. It did. It did. Because he considers himself the good guy. Why would you cheer for the bad guy? And, 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 And that's that's on him. That has nothing to do with CM Punk. CM Punk. It's been around for a long time. He's been good. He's been bad. But most of all, he's been there for the fans. Paige is going to have to not take it personal. He's going to have to go out there and do exactly what he said he was going to do. I'm going to outclass you in front of your people. And your people are going to respect me, damn it. That's all he wants is the respect. You listen to the inflection in his voice. He's not saying that from a place of CM Punk is a shyster. He's lying to you. He didn't say none of that. He didn't do that. It's about respect. It's about you going to give me my respect because I earned it. Look at the skins that I have on the wall. And when you don't, you you said it a, a month ago, Dave. You don't always get the pats on the back that you deserve from Sirius, from some other uh, talk show host, from certain wrestlers. You don't get the respect that you deserve. And what? How does that make you feel when you don't get your when you don't get your just due? You, it's frustrating, right? It's disrespected. It's disrespect, and that is what Paige came out there and expressed. And that's in my humble opinion. Well, let me ask you this, Mark, from what you're saying. If he beats CM Punk at double or nothing, is he going to get his respect from the fans or is he going to get hate from the fans? I, I think that he can get respect. But if you're a Star Wars fan, and a lot of you guys are. I, I saw all the tweets yesterday. If he does not get his respect, he could turn to the dark side. And I don't find anything bad about that. I've been there. I went 15 years and, and people underestimated my abilities. And I'll be damned if I do all the work and then I share it with you because you clap when I win. Now I was angry because for lack of a better term, sorry, pastor, you shit on my whole body of work. But now you want to be on my side. You're going to cheer for me when I win. Paige don't want that. Paige is going to be the same way. I've seen him. I talked to him. I understand his 
his his love for pro wrestling. And I feel like he's at that place where if he wins and they boo, it might send him off. It might send him off the deep end. It's I'm I'm kind of split from what I saw from Hangman Page on Wednesday. And let me explain why. Because he was aggressive? Well, well, I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. Because, me, because ahead, that Tom. word, that word is, uh, is a word I'm going to use. But I feel like for, for this length of time, for over two years, they've been building Hangman Page where he could be the face of AEW. He could be a world champion that's loved. And I felt like that promo from Wednesday kind of erased all that work from the last two years. But if you ask me before that promo, Mark, what did Hangman Page lack? It's the word that you just said, and that's aggressive, especially on the mic. As much as as much I was shocked by what Hangman Page on said on Wednesday, probably if you look at his entire career in AEW, Wednesday night was the best promo that Hangman Page has ever given in AEW. He's a so, man. He got pride. He gets frustrated just like we all do. Man, I, I, I when, when when I do something and I and I know I did it well and I planned it out and I th- I mean I put my heart and soul into it, and then I don't get credit or I don't get the hey man that was a good job man that was very nice of you. Or you open, it's like opening the door for the ladies. Hey, how you doing, ladies? Y'all open the door and nobody says nothing. They just walk through the damn door and keep going. Don't even look back at you and wave or nothing. That's how Paige feels. He's busting his ass. He's putting his body on the line against these guys. And everybody is not saying nothing when he opened the damn door. He frustrated, Dave. Let him have that. What's wrong with that? No, I, and he's definitely that. And you you make a great argument as far as Hangman Page acting the way he did on Wednesday. Here you are. BPM's high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw. I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hi, everyone. Lindsay Rhodes here. A little bit sad that the NFL draft is in the rearview mirror. It's one of my favorite things on the NFL calendar, but it gave us lots of new things to dive into on my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. Who got better? Whose picks left us scratching our heads? Which players do we need to put on our radar now for fantasy? It's a lot to digest, and we will do so with new episodes every Thursday for the rest of the offseason. So please join us, subscribe, and listen wherever you get your podcasts. As always, Enzo, thank you so much for the time. You're such a good friend to the show. Appreciate you, and thanks for joining us here. On oh, Post man, Denver. thanks. Thank you guys for having me on, as always. Uh, my Jersey brethren there, LaGreca, we were just having a discussion off air for a brief second. Last time Mark was in Jersey, me and him went out to eat. We were uh, beautiful, beautiful dinner, great dinner out there at, uh, on the Hudson River. We get done, we're driving on the one and nine. I get sideswiped by a guy in a hit and run. Mark has to Uber to his hotel from there. I was sitting there waiting until 2 a.m. for the Jeez. for the police to come down and write this report, man. Uh, yeah, welcome to New Jersey. Welcome. Jersey's welcome. so over with me. Oh, bro. Jersey's Dude, over. I don't know why the hell I live in this shithole. Let's just be honest, okay? Easy. Let's just what are you talking be- about? Jersey's <laughs> awesome. Like you're talking God. about a guy who repped it around the world, buddy. <laughs> I, I I rep Jersey like a barbell. You know what I mean? Ten pounds of hair gel in the gym, working on my swell. I get it. Uh, trust me, I get it. I'm here, but you have to be here to to understand it or love it. But you do have an advantage when you get out there in the world. I talk a little too fast. I remember being down south for the first time in Florida. You know, WWE sends you down there. I'm living down there, and I just wanted to hop behind the fucking line at Subway and just make my own sandwich because the bit was taking so long. And, and and that's exactly what it's like, you know, being from up here versus down there. You got to wait in the line, man. You got to wait in line. Dude, I can't. I am the worst mm. when it, you, I embarrass the hell out of my wife all the time because I can't do lines. You can even ask Gabby. I've embarrassed oh, bro, Gabby. I'll go in the kitchen. You, I'll go in the kitchen. Bring me to a restaurant. I'll walk in the kitchen. Uh, and, and, you know, when people look, the, when you walk into a kitchen at a restaurant, whether it be like a Chili's or an Applebee's or one of these restaurants, right? If you walk in there with authority and you act like you fucking belong and you act like you are somebody, everybody in that bitch is shook. So I'll walk in the kitchen at a restaurant. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? Are, are, are we bringing the food out or what? And they'll look at me. I'll be like, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I don't think so, brother. You know, and, and, and I'll, I'll walk in the kitchen at any restaurant if my food's taking too long. It's one of the things I'm notorious for. You don't get I sick. Love it. You know, I'll, I'll, sick. I'll walk in here and flip this kitchen upside down. What is going on in here? 
okay? We got people out here that are waiting for food, and you guys are running around with your hands tied. This is Scott. T- you got to get the food out to the tables. You walk out of there, they'll think you work there. They'll genuinely think that you work there or you're the boss or you're the owner, and they'll be all fucking shook, man. They don't get it. They're usually like teenagers working Dave, back you should try local chilies. Tell me how it went. Dude, I, I oh, will. At, take one I, look at me, bro. If I caught a promo and I got my eyes bulging out of my head and I'm looking at you, I'm standing on that fucking oily kitchen floor at the local Chili's. You're going to fucking, you're going to hustle up and make them goddamn boneless wings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> excuse me. Excuse Excuse that GD in there. Uh, you know, the, the Lord's name is not something I like to use in vain. I got respect for the Lord, but uh, hey man, you're talking yeah. about boneless wings. This is the religious I, experience. I, you, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, man? Well, speaking uh, of Jersey, you're gonna be in New Jersey tomorrow as well. You're gonna be at the Menon Arena, Morristown, New Jersey. Uh, big meet and greet 80s WrestleCon during the day and an ISPW wrestling at night. I'll be there. Mark is going to be there, so that's really right. Forward and to, Tommy to Wildfire Rich, boy. Anybody who goes there and doesn't actually have an interaction with Tommy Wildfire Rich is missing out on a. They're not a wrestling fan. Ah, uh, you are missing out on a golden opportunity. Oh my goodness! I was out in Chillicothe, Ohio, what not a month ago, two months ago, doing a shot for uh for the one Bobby Fulton of the Fantastics. And Bobby's a hell of a worker. I'll tell you what, me and Kevin Nash walked in there uh, reluctantly. It was the day before Scott Hall passed away, RIP. But Kevin didn't know that at the time. And we were there. And Kevin's line's huge. Kevin's like, bro, Chillicothe, Ohio, man. Like, he's <laughs> Kevin, you know, old school worker, looks at me and he's like, did you get a guarantee up front or uh, you get the split after you meet that quota? Because you got a hell of a line, kid. You know, walks up. I, I got a line that's going around the corner. Bobby Fulton worked the shit out of me, bro. He had a whole town of chili cloth. The whole high school sold out at top to bottom. Place was packed. It was like a small time WWE. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, what the fuck? But yeah, I came in for a flat rate like a jerk off. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. I agreed to do the main event, right? And the main uh. event is... The main event is me and Tommy Wildfire Rich versus Mr. Hughes and a local guy. And I need you to understand, it's Mr. Hughes and Tommy Wildfire Rich. Tommy Tommy Rich had no idea who the fuck I was, right? And I'm his tag team partner, and I come out and I cut the promo, but without saying the words. I say, my name is, and I hold the mic out, and the crowd says it, right? Tommy Rich comes up to me right after I'm done. He's like, well, shit, kid. You know, you're pretty over, huh? <laughs> like, it's outside for fucking chill club, fucking local, whatever the hell we were. But uh, but Tommy Tommy Wildfire Rich in there in the main event, uh, you know, giving Mr. Hughes his best right hands, his, his, his left jab, stopping the shit out of the ring. Uh, watching it from the apron was an experience. I'll tell you what, the second I got, I grabbed the referee in the match, I go, yo, yo. I grab the referee. I'm like, yo, go tell that kid to feed in for a few drop kicks, right? Because you had Mr. Hughes and Tommy Wildfire Rich walking and talking around the ring, and the people kind of like, all right, well, what's going to happen now? And when I got the tag, I just came in and fed for the drop kicks. <laughs> the kid came in. I just grabbed him. All right, all right, we're going home, brother. I throw him into the corner, 
I go eat the poo. I jumped off and I hit my DDT, but he never saw me do it probably in his life. And I had no idea what was about to happen. So I just jump off the second rope at him, spike his head into the mat. <laughs> I look at Tommy Wildfire Rich. I'm like, oh, oh, grab, Mr. Hughes, grab Mr. Hughes' foot. <laughs> Tommy Wildfire Rich is holding on to Mr. Hughes' foot, who's swimming at me. <laughs> And kid. I didn't know if he knew my finish or not, so I figured, fuck it. The, oh DDT is it. the DDT is it, brother. So that was it. We went home right there the second I got in. Oh, my I God. I can't breathe, babe. Oh, God. Man, yeah. I, I'm scratching things off the bucket list here, boys. Casket match with Jerry the King Waller, Canadian Destroyer, P. Morton. Difference between me and most other guys is, you know, I ain't kicking out of that fucking Canadian destroyer, bro. Oh my God, you can't get them any higher than that, brother. Okay, when you're in the ring and you and you hear Ricky hit that Canadian destroyer, why the fuck it's do over. anything else? Why it's do over. anything else? Ricky Morton was covering me. He's like, you're gonna kick out, right? Enzo, I got a question for you. Fuck no, I ain't kicking out, Ricky, bro. You're beating me, man. I don't give a fuck. It sound like me and Bully Bob Armstrong. I, I'm not Bob. Hit me with that. I'm done. Yeah, uh, so I'm done. Th this is my question for you. 80s wrestler that had the most influence on you. Ooh, that, you were, that you've been most excited to meet. Oh, uh, man, I'll never get to meet him, bro. My uh, my goat, man, my favorite uh, was Macho Man, bro. Oh, man. I fucking love Macho Man, bro. I loved Macho. I loved Jake. Uh, the Snake Roberts, those were my two guys uh, growing up, the feud they had. Um, and then Shawn Michaels, when he was starting to work heel, and then he had the feud with Diesel. And I got to tell you, the reason why Shawn got over with me, I probably sound like a broken record. I've said this before. But, you know, I was a kid, man. I loved Baywatch, dude. I, I wanted, I, you know, Pam Anderson was everything. And Shawn Michaels, dude, this guy's the smallest guy in the rubble. I was never a big kid. So he wins the Royal Rumble, but his prize for winning isn't the title match with Diesel, bro. It was fucking Pam Anderson. All right? And and I saw that as a kid, and I was like, all right, I know what I got to do. I got to go win that Rumble. <laughs> I got to go win. I got to get in that Royal Rumble, boy. I got to get in there number one. I got to beat everybody, and then I'll get Pam Anderson. And that was what all made sense to me in my mind as a child. So I always knew what I wanted. <laughs> uh, how are you liking this? You said about the bucket list because – you know, you had all the success in the WWE, but now your career, you're traveling, you know, playing at all. I mean, the ECW arena. Oh, bro, all it's, special... it's, it's ridiculous. This business, what it does for you, uh, you know, the, the best fans in the entire world, uh, you know, had have had my back since day one, you know, from the release by the company and to the, you know, uh, you know, the meeting I had in Times Square sold out Times Square, you know, New York City, came out, showed love. And if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And this is home for me, that backdrop of that skyline in Hudson County. Uh, so it means a lot to me to come home, have success outside of pro wrestling with having a business, a music studio, a boxing gym, uh, being able to bounce and, and, and see the old faces that are so oftentimes, you know, you see the same people on the way up as you do on the way down. And you, and you, get, to, you get to see so many familiar faces. And it, for me, it's cool because I don't live pro wrestling. That's not my life whatsoever. And so many people are in it and they're overwhelmed by it. But I don't hang out with any pro wrestlers. I don't hang out with anybody who knows anything about pro wrestling. There's nobody to talk to about it. 
So when I do get these opportunities to go out on the weekends and shit, it's like I'm I'm out here and now I'm talking about wrestling and now I'm 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 a, this thing that I love that's so foreign to you know my family who I spend a majority of my time with. You know I I'm really my mom and my dad and my sister and my brother-in-law, my goddaughter, my girl. You know so like I don't get out there and, do and you hang want out with. To? Do you want to talk about wrestling twenty-four a day? Like I, I don't know when, I, when I'm at home. Man, I'm talking about going to football practice and wrestling practice and choir and 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 dance and track practice. Yeah. Like I don't have, I don't, I don't talk wrestling. I think that's always been something that's a very unique thing, man. Because there are the people that are within the business that love the business more than they love themselves. That love the business more than they love their family. That love the business more than they love life. And they really, and they're the lifeblood of our companies, really, because they're the people who take shit sandwiches eat them spit them out and fucking learn to like the taste of them you know and and, and swallow that bitch whole they, they, these people eat shit on the red you know like i've been there i've had i've had to you know go do things that i didn't want to do or portray things that i didn't want to portray and had to bite bullets and shit like that and uh find which hills i wanted to die on and navigate those shark infested waters and i did as well as anybody to get uh in a position to be in the main event of you know monday night raw so so you know, you, you gotta you gotta eat shit along the way, definitely. No matter who you are, no matter who you are. But there are people out there that are going to you know work for that small dollar as opposed to the big dollar. That are going to be not uh, in the ring or on stages or you know hands that you see on TV. Maybe it's a referee. Maybe it's a producer. Maybe it's someone backstage that's a runner that just love the business so much that they would dedicate all their time to it. When they go home, it never turns off. They keep wow. talking about wrestling and their life is wrestling, you know? And they, think about how many promoters there are that have children that are in the business or wrestlers that come from wrestling families. And it probably never turns off. Like that's never been me. I broke into this business on my own accord. I didn't know anybody in it. I didn't seek this thing that most people go out and seek and form these circles of friendships before they get to the WWE. Everybody I ever met in wrestling was through the WWE. Wow, wow. Uh, that, it's it's some good it's some good with that because you you have to be able to turn it off because the last thing you want to do is to be sitting and having a conversation with a family member a friend and they're expressing something that's really important to you and you, you know like you, you disregard what they're saying and do you 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 watch the show Wednesday. Oh, yeah, man. What? You know, I had a rule when I was on television. I had a rule at home with family and friends that we couldn't talk about it. Don't ask me any questions. It got to a point where I was on TV and my parents and people around me were reading the dirt sheets that I didn't even know what the fuck were at the time I'm on TV. And I don't even know what a dirt sheet is. I've always disregarded it. I didn't know who the fuck. That is Dave, awesome. I didn't know who the fuck Dave Meltzer was, bro. I'm out there in a title match. I have no idea who the fuck this guy is. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup fucking give a fuck less you know what i'm saying but so at that time you know i'm doing every meet and greet you know mark you were with me when i was there we got booked a lot on like radio and this and that and whatever and like you got paid for those appearance but now that i'm on the, uh, the independent circuit making my own money i understand now i didn't know that i was getting put through the ringer bro those paid appearances that i was getting 
as opposed to the amount of money you can make at a meet and greet, especially when you're on top in the WWE. Holy shit. That's why it's so interesting to see all you guys who are on TV in AEW who are getting TV time doing your own meet and greets, booking your own appearances, which never happened in the WWE. So I didn't why would understand. you limit the talent's ability to make money and make their life easy? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they could why, give you dozens you do of reasons. I'm sure they can give you yeah. dozens of financial reasons why they wouldn't do that. Control. But, uh, There's only one so, reason. Control. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that that's what I've been so blessed with is uh, opportunity outside of the WWE to do so many different things and check out the music guys. It's for real. It's not a kind of, I know that to be true. I'll share a little story right here with you guys. If you don't mind, um, there's a kid named Tyler Blanchett. I want to shout out his mom, Melissa. Um, they were in a Boston children's hospital. I got a phone call when, uh, like, uh, about a year ago, I got a phone call from my buddy Spiff TV shout out Spiff. He knew this kid that uh, he had a brain tumor. Uh, he had he had a cancer of his brain. Um, I, I don't want to sit here and tell you I know exactly what the disease was, but I know that when I got the phone call, Tyler was a huge wrestling fan, fan of mine. He was a big fan of Jericho, and he wanted to meet me. He wanted to meet Jericho, but Jericho was on the road, and I got a phone call, and I, the very next day, went and drove to Boston to this children's hospital. And I met Tyler and I had to walk in that room and, and, you know, you have to put on the persona, you know, you've, you've seen Cena do it a million times with make a wish. And I've had the beautiful opportunity, the gracious opportunity to do those things as well. So um, it, it, it's, it's life-changing stuff. It really, really is. And, and anybody who doesn't uh, understand that um, they've probably never been in the position to do this. So I went to go see this child, and his parents and his family that were all in the room knowing full well this kid was going to pass away. And he knew full well he was going to die. And he was 19 years old. And in that moment, I have to walk in the room and be Enzo Amore and fire up and fucking, you know, be excited. And he's smiling through this pain. And you can see it. And his head's swollen and his eyes are, you know, you can see it in his face. And um, I stay in close contact with that family. And I, I talk to Melissa almost weekly if not daily on uh social media so his, his, his this kid here i am i'm meeting this kid and i have this realization because at the time i'm i've been working on a lot of music and uh you know my my goal is to touch people and, to, and send a message and if you're not listening to me and you're not hearing the words i'm saying and you're just putting me off as enzo amore the character you saw on tv you're really missing out on what i'm trying to do now if you ever been me then and spelt out a word with me, I wrote that word and you were with me for it. If it wasn't for the people, I wouldn't have been out there. I'm a smaller guy. And if I didn't have the people, I would have never made it. So here I am and I'm trying to make it in music. Right. And, and I'm sitting there and I walk in this room and here is a kid out to die. And he's wearing a Fozzie t-shirt and he's not wearing a Chris Jericho t-shirt. He's not wearing an AEW t-shirt. He's wearing a Fozzie t-shirt. And he's going to pass away in that T-shirt. And if that's not a testament to Chris Jericho, who I, in the early 2000s, listened to some of his music and all the backlash that he got trying to make it in music and all the people who shunned him for trying to do this thing outside of pro wrestling. And here he is in his 50s, 50s. And he's got a song that's streaming on radio charts and the billboard, and he's doing it now. And he's made an impact on people's lives to the point where they're passing away. 
and and they're wearing that Fozzie t-shirt, not a Chris Jericho wrestling shirt. I hit up Chris and Chris sent me a video. We played it for Tyler and it put a huge smile on Tyler's face. And thank you so much, Chris, for doing that. But it just inspired me so much and made me realize, like, as far as the music goes, I'm just getting started. Like, I am just getting started. That is awesome. And I'm going to tell you something else. Uh, Spliff called me about Tyler. And I put Jericho with Tyler. Wow. And I talked to him before he passed. And you tell his mom. And I, I forget what the guy's name was that that was a, that was I don't know if it was her husband or a brother or fiance. Yeah, know. yeah, it was, it was her husband. Yes, they came actually to watch me and tell Big him Russell. thank you for now to me because like uh, those are the things that you're gonna remember for the rest of your life. For the rest the of wrestling, your life, man. you you'll yeah. forget matches. You'll forget what town you was in. You've, I had to ask Dave like three times a day, where are we going again? Like, I forget. But Tyler, I will never forget. I yes, will you will never, never forget, forget it. it. And he touched me so much. Um, touched me so much. So, you know, I, his mother and his father, they broke into the business through their son. So now they work. <laughs> helping set, they help set up the ring sometimes for their local indie promotion. They run over there and do announcing, and, and they just want to be a part of the business. Um, and, and it's great. And, you know, speaking in the same vein, um, as, as traumatic as we want here, um, you know, I want to tie this thing around to, uh, to what just happened on television this past week. Um, it's, it's no, it's, it's no mystery. Uh, my tag team partner, uh, William Morrissey as presented to us on AEW television went through a hell that is so real that most people don't understand until they see it or they have it or it affects them and their lives. And I saw it at its absolute worst at a time where the world thought me and big Cass were no longer friends and we hated each other. They had no idea what Cass was going through and that I was there to witness a lot of it. Uh, we never really spoke about it and probably made his, his fight very public. And he worked with, you know, doing a DDPY video to inspire people. Now that's the point. Here's a guy who tried to kill himself. And when I say tried to kill himself, man, one time I went into a, a, a hotel that I had to break. I had to, I had to convince the security and the people at the hotel to let me in the fucking door of that room because Cass was back there trying to kill himself. And there was 30 empty beer, beer cans and bottles of wine and, and liter bottles of Jack Daniels completely fucking empty. And I threw him in my car. And we drove because he couldn't make it from Chicago on a flight to New York City. And we had to stop at hospitals because he was withdrawing. But you know what? We stopped and we went to Notre Dame. And I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. And, I've, and, and, and I just wanted to go to see Notre Dame, South Bend. And I figured, fuck it, man. Cass, what a, I, I don't know what to do for you. I've been able, I, I can't help you. You have to want to do this yourself, but you need Jesus, brother. I don't know what the fuck you need, but maybe there's some Jesus involved. Maybe there's something that could help you here. We need to go pray. And I drove to Notre Dame and I went to the chapel there and I had never seen it. And it's so beautiful and it's unbelievable. And I'm a big Notre Dame fan. So that was weird that I always had great dreams to go see a football game there. And here I am with big cast. I'm just walking around campus. We're going to do guy. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make that. it happen. Yes, I would love to. So Big Cass is stumbling around. We go to church and we pray, man. 
And I'll never forget that day and that drive. And we got back to New York City and he checked himself into a hospital and went off to rehab. And he dealt with a disease that is as real as anything I've ever seen, like to a point where I, I couldn't fathom that this thing was real. And then I get it. And now I see crackheads in New York City that we call crackheads. And they're standing on the side of the street and they're talking to themselves and their hands are mumbling and jumbling and they're fucking dude that person is not on crack they're withdrawing from alcohol person is having visions and and hallucinating because alcohol is the only thing that can make that happen that's on the corner of every street and and they put it out there and, and it's a devil and it's a demon and you know i'm not sitting here saying i'm perfect and that i and, and i don't go out Nobody there is. and have a cocktail yeah. i'm gonna have a cocktail but i can see how it affects somebody but i'm trying to say because we got to wrap. Well, I'm so, sorry. No, I, I know, know you got to wrap it. But here's a guy who wanted to kill himself, and and now he's on TV. Yeah. I don't care what happened. I don't care what happened when the bell went ding, ding, ding. I don't care what happened when he came through the fucking curtain. I don't care about the reaction. I need people to realize what that man went through. He tried to kill himself, and he had been left. And he fought demons, and he fights scrutiny, and he fought off demons, and he got back on television. And he's back. And if that's not a fan, if that's not a feat, I don't know what is. If that doesn't inspire people, people who want to write on the internet about what happened when he got ring or the finish of the match, whatever you want to, I don't give a fuck what you say. That guy beat a demon that's way bigger than fucking Wardlow. Uh, man, I love you. Enzo, man. I love you, man. Love I you, appreciate man. every bit of that. Love you, brother. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, guys. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.